Hey everyone, welcome to the Grove Church Cultivate Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and so glad that you are joining us. And if you've been around with us the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a series on sex and sexuality, and we've had Brandy Harris with us. Welcome back. Thank you. A licensed therapist and just a, a great godly woman, a good friend, leader in our church, and just has some incredible insights on really just kind of have the Christians having a healthy, more complete view of sex and sexuality. So uh, a couple episodes ago, we were just kind of talking about how the church and how Christians should interact with the LGBT community, just kind of both just theologically, but just then also just really more, I think more importantly, relationally. And last time we talked about just kind of unhealthy sexuality and just kind of really just kind of how really some of the church's teaching has kind of given us an unhealthy perspective on sexuality and kind of how that plays out, some cycles that we can get in. And what I want to do now, Brandy, uh, as we just kind of wrap this series up, is kind of put the, we, we start one that's theologically and culturally difficult. And we talk about one that's just kind of like talking about how do we with shame and all these things. Let's, as best we can, let's end positively. Let's just think in positive terms. So you want, a, the, the phrase in your class was holy sex. I've heard you use the phrase, a healthy sexuality. Okay. I don't know if you have a good functioning definition for that, but if you could give us a definition, like some sort of definition for what is a healthy sexuality. Yeah. I, I think there's several elements of a healthy sexuality. Um, I actually just taught this content to a bunch of preschool parents like mm, two nights okay. ago. So this is fresh on my mind. I, First element is just the sense of positive self-identity and feeling good about who you are. And and we talked last podcast about how shame is an element of unhealthy. So the absence of shame would be an element of of healthy sexuality. So if I'm feeling good about who I am, if I'm feeling good about my identity, about my body, about my voice— my ability to advocate for what I need and want and use my resources and access my resources in a good way. That's a huge part of healthy sexuality. Then there's an element of just knowledge and understanding, accurate understanding of how bodies work, how humans work. Then there's an element of relatability, right? An ability to connect with other people in a healthy way. And so If a person has healthy sexuality, they're feeling good about themselves, they understand what's happening, and they feel good about their ability to connect with other people. And I know that's very broad. It's very good, though. But that's where we start. If those things aren't happening, we don't have anything healthy, really. Okay. I was trying to listen to through this through the ears of someone who has maybe never heard you talk like this. Mm -hmm. I've had the privilege of hearing you, and we've had conversations around this and kind of I've been learning from you for a while, but I was trying to think someone who never heard this like and think, well, what, I don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. How do we get more practical? Voice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, there's an expression that four-year-old Layla used to use all the time when, when she didn't know what that means. Uh-huh. She used to, so voice. What, what that, that means. What that uh-huh. means. <laughs> voice is an ability to know how you're feeling, what you want and what you need. And then to express those. So to be able to say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I want. And can I get what I need, even if you tell me no? 
And if I have an active, healthy voice, I'm able to do all of that. Okay. So I, I have, I have an awareness, an internal awareness of what I, oh, I'm already got a, the next question pops so into okay. my head. Feel, uh, want, not, need. Right, right. So that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask. I could feel, want, need. Like, I just want to pause here and not even get this full thought out because I want to ask this question. Want and need. Mm-hmm. And especially in the context of a married relationship. Mm-hmm. I think I think that can be difficult waters to navigate. Mm-hmm. I come to my wife mm-hmm. and I say, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. How do I know the difference between a want and a need? Like I, I, yeah. I say, you say this to kids right. all the time. I, I need that. And you don't need that. You want that. Yeah. But but like it, it seems at least in my brain, mm-hmm. I don't know the difference. It all feels like needs sometimes. But then, you know, there's also this things like, well, sexuality is really, it's really, it's really the dessert. It's not the meal. You don't mm-hmm. need anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do I, how do I understand the difference between a want and a need? Yeah. So One of the biggest differences between want and need is that needs are actually more general. They're more philosophical in nature. For example, humans need to connect. Okay. But that's very general. What does that mean? That could mean a thousand different things. All I know is that it draws me closer to people and helps me to feel like they see me and get me, right? That's Mm -hmm. connection. Want is how I want that particular need to get met. So If I need connection, I might want connection through a conversation. Maybe that's a possibility for me or maybe it's not in that moment. Do I want connection by, I want someone to touch me right now? Do I want them to hold my hand? That's another form of connection. The need is connection. The want is how I want to meet the need. So it's the specific element. So when we talk about sex... A lot of times people say, I need sex. I need sex. You don't actually need sex. It's not a biological need. People that don't have sex their entire lives don't die because of the lack of sex. But you can want sex and sex is a form of connection. If you can't have sex, there are other ways you can get connected. And I would even say intimately connected. There are lots of other ways to become deeply, intimately connected, even if you're not practicing intercourse. Okay, so I think that's where it gets a little bit blurry. It's like, I, I want to connect. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is not, what I'm about to say is not going to be hypothetical for anyone who is listening. Mm-hmm. I want to connect. Great. Let's sit here on the couch and talk. Mm-hmm. Now we can be connected. Mm-hmm. And it, and it does it doesn't feel that doesn't feel like it's meeting my need like i need to connect yeah and you, and you, and then you say well let's talk and i'm like that's not i don't yeah doesn't and, feel like satisfying right and so so as has my need been met by a by a type of connection that i didn't want mm. it doesn't feel like it to a lot of people right didn't feel like well, okay well we we held hands mm-hmm. and we we talked about our day. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the need has been met. But you don't go to sleep feeling like the need has been met. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it has been met to a degree, but not sufficiently. Okay. And and that's where the voice comes in, being able to say, "Okay, this felt good, but I want more." 
using your voice to say that felt a little bit connecting to me, but I want more. I want more intimate connection. I want more vulnerable connection. Can we do that? It's a request, right? It's, is it okay with you if we connect in a deeper way? And, or if you tell me no, for me to say, well, darn it, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I now have to destroy you or force something on you. Right. It means that I need to find another way to get my need met appropriately that doesn't harm you. So therefore, don't you don't have to go cheat if your spouse will not give you the sex that you want. Mm-hmm. You can say, man, this is hard. I really wish that you wanted to do this with me. But for whatever reason, you're telling me no. And I can respect that because you're, you're a human that I can respect. You're right to say yes or no to these engagements, but I've got to find a way because my need isn't met. So how do I find a deeper connection? And there's, there's a lot of other ways it's going and connecting maybe verbally and emotionally with other people. It's also a time, I think an excellent time to cry out in prayer to be like, Lord, this is not working for me. I need more. I need I, I'm, I'm feeling unsatisfied. And here's the truth, Charlie. I, I don't know how you feel, but I, I constantly feel unsatisfied in some way in my life. Mm-hmm. I love lots of, I love my life and I enjoy it so much, but there is always an element of unsatisfaction because we're on this side of eternity and it's the whole deal isn't completed yet. So I thought you were going to say, because we're, in, we have both have Enneagram eight in us. Uh, <laughs> no, that might also be part of the truth. <laughs> So then, so here, here, here's, here's the, here's the cycle. And so maybe, maybe you're going to help, help us get to a, a healthier sexuality by talking through this, or maybe you're going to be able to just kind of declare, Hey, what you've been calling broken is in fact normal. Mm. Be well. Okay. Which is, okay. I have this, I have this need and I really feel like in order for this need to be met, it needs to be expressed at a level of intimacy Mm-hmm. Was, use numbers. I, I, I need a I need a five from you. Mm-hmm. And your spouse says, "I've got, I've got two. Yeah. Okay. Which is in and of itself really good. But I've got I've got a gap there. Yeah. Okay. And so you're saying, hey, well, it's it's, it's good to know that. Mm-hmm. How how do you? And so then there's a tension there, especially if if you're if you're being honest with one another. One spouse feels unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. And one spouse feels, maybe feels shame. Like I wasn't able to do what they need. So now, now you're dis, you're disappointed in me. You're frustrated with me, or you're being you're being selfish, right? And so we feel we feel the gap. Yeah. How does in a healthy sexuality? How does that get? How does that get resolved? Worked out. Yeah. So there's responsibility on both parties because they're both adult humans. Mm-hmm. And adult humans have the capacity to meet their needs, to get their needs met, even if they can't meet them by themselves. So I, as the person who has higher need than you, my spouse, can meet, it's on me to figure out how to meet those needs appropriately through prayer, through connection with other people, potentially through counseling, whatever I need to do to be able to be okay, even when my spouse can't give me what I want from them. Mm-hmm. That's on me. And it is not appropriate for me to shame or punish my spouse for having a limit. My spouse, if they do love and care about me, when they realize that they don't have enough of what I want from them, it is up to them to do some soul searching 
to to pray about it, to ask the Lord to to learn how to take care of themselves a little bit better so that they can have more capacity if possible. And it's not always possible on this side of eternity. Right. But it it oftentimes is. You know, maybe let's take the example of of a spouse saying, I am just I'm just exhausted tonight and I just, I'm so sorry, but I'm, I'm like crashing right now. You know, my mm-hmm. eyes are closing and I can't even, you know, I can't even really speak, let alone have sex in, in an engaged kind of way. That's okay. That happens sometimes to all of us where right. we're exhausted and I need to be asking myself, okay, I was too tired. Can I say in that moment, I am super tired, but could we please connect like this tomorrow instead? Or if that's happening a lot, I need to look at my life. Am I, am I working so hard and so much that I don't have any emotional or sexual connection capacity left for my right. spouse? And how can I do a better job of managing my life so that I have the energy to put into something that's important to my spouse? whom I ideally love more than anybody else in the whole mm-hmm. world and want to care for more than anybody else in the whole world. How can I prioritize my life so that I actually have something to give? So at this point, I mean, there's just a lot of, I don't mean this in a negative way. There's just a lot of idealism coming from you, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you say this, and then you say this, and she says this, and then you say this. And I guess this goes back to, the, to just the big picture issue of voice. But it's like, even if someone is fully aware, mm-hmm. this is what I feel, this is what I want, this is what I need, and I could, I could, I could write an essay about it. I could, I could, I could draw a picture. I mean, I, I am very clear. And now all of a sudden I'm in the room with my spouse mm-hmm. and now I'm, I'm, I'm frozen. Like I don't. Yeah. Healthy conversations, you know this, I don't have to tell you this, Mm -hmm. healthy conversations aren't happening. Mm -hmm. So rather than, this isn't, again, this is episode three, so it's very positive. Mm -hmm. How do we have healthy conversations where we're both comfortable with each other expressing our voices? Yeah. How do we do do that? It's not happening. We want it to happen. How do we do it? Yeah. So sex is such a vulnerable topic. It's probably not the place to start developing your voice. Mm. Probably you need to develop your voice outside of the bedroom before you're going to be able to utilize it inside the bedroom. So being able to have conversations outside of the bedroom that frankly aren't about sex, about how you're feeling, what you want and what you need, those are the first conversations you need to be having. And I would include even conversations about physical affection that's, that's not erotic in any kind of way. Just how we touch each other throughout the day is a great place to start because mm. you're beginning to use vocabulary and language that will also be useful in the bedroom when you get there. But at least starting outside having those conversations. And then you know this, but I have a website. It's called ittakesabreath.com. I have two published guides on, they're free for anyone who wants them on how to start conversations really with anybody about sex and then also with your spouse. So at a deeper level, those are, you can snag those there. It's also why I wrote my workbook because I wanted people to have some sort of content to start with. And there's, I'm not the only, you know, I'm not the only content creator out there on this stuff. There are Tons of great resources, frankly, on the internet where there there are different sex educators or theologians talking about sex. And that's also an easy way to start the conversation to say, 
hey, I saw this thing on Instagram today. What do you think of that? You know, it's very, it's very third party. It's kind of setting it out there and making it separate from the two of us Mm -hmm. so that people can feel a little bit less heat in the conversation, at least start with that conversation. And then maybe that conversation could move to how do you think that would be for us in the bathroom? Can you say that website again more slowly? Yes. My website is ittakesabreath.com. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to a sexless marriage? Mm. And by sexless, it's defined as like once a year? I think it's less than once a month is how it's defined. Yeah. First of all, huge amounts of compassion for that situation for both people. I think the person who is consistently saying no is saying no because of some major injury and hurt that needs to be addressed. There's some real pain in a person who has to consistently say no to sex or feels like they need to for safety reasons. That's... I'm so sorry for them and I want them to get some healing. Also for the person who's being regularly rejected in a sexual way, that is incredibly painful. So lots of compassion. Um, I want them to take care. I, I don't really think sexlessness in a marriage isn't the problem. It's a symptom of the problem, which is a lack of intimate connection between the two of them. And I want them to get healing for that. I I honestly think that's a great time and place to go to counseling. And for a lot of people, even going to counseling feels overwhelming. And they're like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want sex. I definitely don't want counseling. You know, that's also (laughs) intimate. Right. Um, But you as an individual, if you're one of the individuals in that marriage, you can go, you can go on your own and learn how to take care of yourself, learn how to better care for your partner to love them better in hopes that you getting healthier is actually the beginning of the whole system healing. And it's very possible. I've seen it happen. It absolutely can happen, but you do have to own your part of it um, and do the work that you need to do to become a safe space for your spouse. That's good. What would you say to the couple if you asked them, you got them them there in your your office and how how are things going with with your sex life? And they say, it's going okay. Maybe we're good. Sure, we're good. You know, the high-pitched voice, mm-hmm. the, the raised eyebrows, the, the looking away. But, yes. You know, and, and maybe in, in some r- real, in some real tangible way, how are you doing? And they would say, with all honesty, we're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, if someone in my office says that, I, I leave it alone. Because those words and those language tell me that they are they do not want to involve me in that part of their life yet and that they're not ready to address those things. And I can let them have agency over that. I will say, okay, if it's good, I'm going to believe you that it's good. Even if in my professional experience, I've seen symptoms of things that maybe aren't as healthy, they get the right to decide if they want to work on it or not. Now, what I will do is if they start being inconsistent, if you tell me in your high-pitched voice that Mm -hmm. everything is fine, but then you keep making passive aggressive comments about how hard life is, I'm probably going to make the covert overt and say, you know, you told me earlier that everything was fine, but 
then you said this, right? And I'm I'm just feeling confused. Mm-hmm. Um, that that inconsistency tells me that maybe I don't have the whole picture, and that's how I would frame it. I would say, I think maybe I don't have the whole picture. Can you help me understand a little bit better, and help them think through more, maybe more honestly with themselves, what their real concerns are? All right. So then you have a measure a measure of breakthrough, mm-hmm. and at least then one of the spouses says, honestly, we're not doing that bad. We're doing okay, but in my heart, I want more than okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, the, it's a business book, you know, good to great. I mean, it's just like we're, we're doing, I mean, we're doing fine, mm-hmm. but I feel dissatisfied yeah. with fine. Yeah. What advice would you give there? Usually I say, great. That's so great that you want more. And I'm excited to hear about that. I would probably ask them to flush out a better picture or a clearer picture for me, what does better look like mm-hmm. in their mind? You know, what what is it that they feel like they could have that they're not getting? See if they have any ideas about that, if they can even brainstorm. Well, I think maybe it'd be nice if we did this or that. You know, let them kind of paint that picture for themselves and also for their spouse because sometimes, sometimes things aren't going any farther because we haven't engaged our imagination yet, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well... It was good enough. Nothing hurt, you know, (laughs) but then the other person's like, oh, but what if this, and they draw this beautiful picture or with their words of what they think things could be. (laughs) It took me half a second to kind of catch up with what you just said there. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, and the other person's like, huh, that does sound kind of interesting. You know, we want the other person to be engaged as well. And then I might ask them also. Do you have any ideas on how this could be better? Right. And let's well, let's just look at what you already know and use that as a base for where we're going to go from here. I sometimes will give them resources, you know, books or information that they can dig into deeper if they want to. But a lot of times it's utilizing what they have right here in front of them, which is their imaginations. Mm, that's good. Okay, we'll cl- we'll close with this and and I don't I don't want this to feel like an afterthought. Well, so I, I really want this question to matter. If you are single and you have somehow managed to make it all the way through this particular or all three of these podcasts, what advice do you have for them? What what does healthy sexuality look like for a single who, I mean, for the near future, just all I I see ahead of me is singleness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe even don't want a partner. I think that's a possibility for some people as well. I, I think healthy sexuality is totally possible for the individual. Like we said earlier, Starting with, do you know yourself? Do you feel good about yourself? Do you understand your body? Do you enjoy your body? You know, starting at the individual level with emotional and sexual health, then giving them knowledge. If they're interested in more sexual connection with another person than they're, than they're currently getting, I want them also to be educated. I want them to know the science. I want them to know the truth. How does sex actually work? How do, how do bodies work? Because as an individual, you can't possibly know how the other person works unless you do a little bit of research, either with science or with talking to the person that you're trying to connect with. I want them to be doing their research. I want them to know how to research. I want them to know the mm-hmm. science. And then I'm, I'm really wanting that individual to practice relational health and I would say intimate health, even if it's not explicitly erotic. So knowing how to connect at a deep level, knowing how to be vulnerable, knowing how to use their voice, how to ask for help, how to share, all of those things 
take care of a person and their connectivity and their sexuality. And then if there ever does come a point in the future where they're wanting to connect sexually, they've built this incredibly strong, mm. solid base that they could build on from there. Well, that's really, really good. Thanks. Let's uh, say let me say something. I have a comment to it, but it's like that was just that was that was just gold. We'll just let the gold just kind of sit there on the table. That was really really good. Okay, and and not just and not just that, but really just this whole episode and really this whole series. Brandy, thank you so much. I mean, about about five minutes into the very first episode, I was like, okay, this should have been twelve episodes, but <laughs> we don't have all that kind of time. But these, just what they're so appreciative of your heart, your wisdom, and your willingness to kind of serve the body at large with your gifts and your passion. So thanks so much. And thanks for sharing that with us. And as always, to all of you, thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. And we would love to connect with you any way that we can. If you go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, you can learn more about our church. Uh, you can find out about our Sunday morning services. Or you can join us in person or online. If there's anything that we can do for you, let me know. And if you have more questions, thoughts about this, it takes a breath. Dot com. You got um, it. You can, you can connect with Brandy there. So again, Brandy, thanks for being with us. Thanks all you guys for joining us. You guys take care. <laughs>